From Post Media, I'm Ewan Plater, and this is XY, a show about mental health and men. On today's episode, we catch up with James Stewart, presenter for E! Live from the Red Carpet and Heart Radio. Our chat went back and forth between the personal and the cultural, discussing all kinds of topics, from confidence, our mutual experiences growing up, there was actually quite a lot of crossover there, and the concept of male identity. Full disclosure, I'm pretty sure we're both sci-fi nerds, so naturally we hit it off really well. Today's episode actually marks the end of season one. I just want to say a massive thank you to the thousands of listeners tuning in each week, and we'll be back later this year with more guests, more laughs, and more men sharing their story. Like with every interview on the XY show, today is not to be taken as advice. This is just a conversation between two people and should be treated as such. If you are looking for some support, I've left the details of some great organisations in the show notes, including those of Time to Change. And as always, I wanted to draw attention to their Ask Twice campaign. Sometimes we say we're fine when we're really not. A simple, are you sure you're okay, can make all the difference. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I've got a document. That's how, that's how serious I have got a document. I'm, wow, I've, you've brought the... I've brought a PDF. You've brought the work. It started well. Yeah, well, I just, you know, because well, I, I hate... I, if you talk about things like this, they, they, people can accuse you of being a bit fluffy. Yeah. So I'm always like, no, no. Here's some, let me let me hit some numbers with you. Let's bring the let's, noise. Let's let's bring the noise. Anyway, we'll bring the facts later. to the table. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to getting into it. I think before we before we get into the meat of the day, yeah, uh, I'd love to just kick <laughs> off. Can you the meat of it all? Yeah. Could you just kick off? Tell us a little bit about you know what as you do presenter. How'd you get into Present- that? Oh gosh, mate, how long have we got, Dave? How long have we got? Uh, you've got as long as you until <laughs> half past. Until half past. As long um, as we need. I so I think with yeah, so I present telly and radio essentially whatever they let me, and um. I with acting, I always use this as like the example. It's yeah. obvious if you want to be an actor, there's a fairly like linear route into doing that. You go to drama school, and you are either good or you're not, and then hopefully you get a good agent that makes you good, yeah, or pretends that you're good, and hopefully things work out, pushes you in the right direction. Exactly, yeah. presenting there isn't such an obvious path if you, if you look at as I did, like you know people I looked up to, like you know the demo Leary's of this world yeah, and Ryan yeah, Seacrest. Yeah. They kind of come from all different angles. So my route in was to. Work at a production company, empty cool. dishwashers, make coffees. Still bad at that. Um, <laughs> That's why you don't do it anymore. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no one's been offered a coffee this whole time because I'm terrible at them. Um, so I did that and kind of worked my way up from the, the grassroots, uh, made contacts, delivered mail, worked in cloakrooms, worked in, as a barista, did all the kind of... Can yeah, I swear yeah. on this podcast? Absolutely. Did, did all the shit jobs. It's mental health, man. We've got it's to be able to... Yeah, it's going to get worse. Get um, the emotions out. <laughs> and so uh, I, with a bit of sort of making some interesting friends and connections along the way eventually found my way to doing a bit of stuff on e which is the entertainment channel yeah so kind of learned my bread and butter doing live red carpet events which cool. was mad so i was doing like grammys and oscars and all that that's like of. a big jump i feel like we're oh, yeah, yeah. making teas and coffees to red carpets i feel like i've i've missed out a few bits but yeah. essentially that's what happened i'll spare you the details of me like cool. being a struggling presenter at home crying into my girlfriend's lap but um yeah it, it kind of and that's the thing as well. I think with society in 2019, it's everything's immediate, right? So we yeah. just see someone doing really well. Yeah. But there was a real part of me that didn't at all. Took its time to get there. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, that yeah. with everyone. Absolutely. Still getting there, by the way. Still not completely figured it all out. But um, yeah, so got a bit of success doing E, worked at NBC for a bit. And then got into kind of the radio world. So got brought in for Capital, which um, was London. Now She's got a very caramelly voice as well. Very good for radio. Thanks. 
Not that the face not, as well. It's I was going to say, very, not that the face isn't very good for on TV. Board for but... Radio. <laughs> um, and then moved to Heart. So I'm now on Heart, which we just became the biggest commercial station in the UK. We just overtook Radio One. So congratulations. Yeah, things are going well. <laughs> There's gifts and memes made of that because we're very proud of it. And yeah, obviously absolutely. we have adverts. They don't. So it's um yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So it's a good place to be in. Sort of, I work within a lot of like branding worlds. Ended up doing. Well, I know you guys have got Jim Chapman on. Indeed. Um, done a bit of fashiony stuff with Jim. Yeah. Uh, in that sort of world, he's far better and far taller than I will ever be. Um, but we kind of similar kind of overlaps yeah, yeah. in that sense. But so just interested in what it is about being a man in, in 2019, which I guess is kind of how you, I met you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's how we got to it. That's how we got to it. And so let's, um, let's dive right in then. So yeah. I guess the, the big thing that I wanted to talk with you about today was toxic masculinity. Cool. I know it's something that you have spoken about, spoken about a lot before, and it's yeah. also something that I know you're really passionate about. So I guess before I get into um, the Q and A bit of today, yeah. I kind of wanted to, to give you the mic and say, Oh, let me talk. All right. What, what do you, yeah. <laughs> what, um, what do you see is that the problem with toxic masculinity? masculinity in today's society sure well i you know what i don't know if it's a problem but i think my my general like, approach to like mental health and i i'm sure this is what you guys talk about over the series of this podcast is that it's just have for me a lot of problems in life mental health or otherwise could be alleviated by just talking mm-hmm. like my mum i'm sure like most mums used to say like very old school like a problem shared is a problem halved yeah and i really think that if you apply that logic to pretty much any situation whether like i had a date last night and yeah. i you know I'm slightly hungover, if I'm honest, because it went quite. It was quite good. I didn't expect it to be. If you've got a hangover, it must have been. Yeah, exactly. We to, anyway, we'll get into that another time. But um, you know, just talking to her about stuff, even that, like you know, family stuff. It, if you talk about things, it generally makes things better for you. Yeah, and hopefully the person. So my approach to sort of mental health is generally that. And then within men, I think we've got a problem as as men because we're not great at chatting. No, we're horrific. At we're it. really bad at it, yeah. and I think. Well, like, you know, female friends, girlfriends, they are really good at it. Yeah. And they set a really great precedent for what can be achieved. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, because I, it's just what girls do or have done. And I think there's a sort of stigma against men, but sort of because it's sort of seen as a feminine trait. Yeah. Talking about feelings. Like if I met you as I did a couple of weeks ago and I, I was like, do you know what? I've, you know, this is really bad. Something really bad happened. You'd probably be quite surprised. And I yeah. probably wouldn't even say that to you. Whereas if you went to a pub on a Friday and, and men sort of had open conversations about their feelings and stuff and we made, we took it out of the feminine space and made it a kind of more, just a normal thing to talk about. Yeah. I think for me, that's a really interesting, important thing. Like I was, I sort of was reading a Samaritan's report because I think they're quite interesting. Absolutely. Um, and a great resource. Yeah. A great, a great place to go, which they sort of make the point that men are struggling to cope with like major societal changes. Yeah. It's stuff like social media, stuff yeah. like how you know sort of traditionally men are the breadwinners traditionally we are the ones that provide yeah and as that's changed over the years men arguably haven't adapted brilliantly no myself included yeah um i would i would agree with that from my perspective too yeah neither neither one of us i would say either is the fact that we're sitting here today would indicate that you know we're not entrenched in some alpha male bravado thing. no we sat you're wearing a pink and white striped shirt <laughs> i'm wearing i look like an ice cream man like I look like I'm selling ice cream <laughs> from the seventies, which yeah, is a cool vibe right now. Exactly. <laughs> so we are we are by no means the huge huge Ackman. By the, this is slightly off topic. We I was talking about this is the absolute perfect alpha male camp person. Yeah. In his show. Yeah. And this is what I think is just brilliant. He went from being he literally was lap dancing a man. Yeah. To being Wolverine. Absolutely. In the space of thirty five seconds. Which is yeah good for good for Hugh. Great for <laughs> Hugh. 
but so yeah we are by no means the the sort of alpha chat and so that's but i think that that kind of worked against me when i was younger i don't know how you, about you but i definitely yeah. had a lot of stick at school for like liking the arts liking drama liking it's not a popular um it's not a popular spot to be in is it no not at state school in basingstoke no, no. there's a lot of similarly in glasgow, in glasgow. well yeah, yeah, yeah i can yeah. imagine actually probably even more so up, <laughs> yeah. up in glasgow but um yeah i think i kind of grew up in a society that didn't really encourage that yeah um so i just think that's probably why for me it's a, a passion point because i grew up like in a place where it wasn't okay to yeah. be like and i think as well as it's not even about um sitting here and saying like we've got the answers be more like this yeah, we definitely don't definitely no answers here <laughs> i think it's more about the fact that um just being conscious of the fact that you're probably a bit um you're a bit entrenched in how you've grown up and what it sure. means to be a man and you carry that baggage with you and just even wanting to address that and totally and exactly that and it's it's almost sort of being unconsciously aware of it like because you won't most people aren't like my dad wouldn't know that that's a thing no because that's just what's happened he's just been brought up like that totally but i think what's interesting is that we're experiencing as sort of like 80s 90s kids is that we are seeing these societal changes and it's how men are adapting or not around that and i guess like you know there's a really interesting sort of thing that uh, there was like a, a medical survey which said that almost all men um that so it's talking about men's, men's suicide rates and stuff. Yeah. They said that almost all men reported that their masculine beliefs had led to them feeling isolated. Um, and yeah. And when they were feeling down, they were imposing that on other people. Yeah. So that's interesting because it's like, if you are feeling bad as a man, you're not going to talk about it. No. And actually it's going to affect people around you because you're bottling stuff. Yeah. In. And you can become that toxic person. You yeah. Know, like toxic masculinity. We talk about it a lot in terms of it's, it's someone else's, issue you know like they're doing it and i'm really comfortable with who i am so i'm not the one at yeah, fault I'm here. Fine. Yeah. yeah totally but a it's an unconscious bias and b just you can be the toxic person in a situation and acknowledging that and wanting to address that is like a huge step and totally. i think what you've said is is spot on the money where there's loads of dudes out there who don't want to talk about how they feel because of a whole bunch of reasons they maybe don't understand themselves you know it's like a societal pressure to yeah. to not be weak or vulnerable in air quotes oh it's well, like james and bond then that perpetuates it you know exactly and well james bond's kind of the best example of like if someone so if someone said to me what's toxic masculinity i would say if you look at someone like james bond who has spent how many, how many years 25 plus oh, more than that more. 75 100 years 200 years, 200 years running away from problems, mm-hmm. not committing to any relationship, yep. doing all of these traits that yep. we've grown up with and idolised. Yep. And it's, you know, you see it like I'm going to talk about Love Island now. I'm sorry. If, Let's do it. Because I think James Bond in Love James Island Bond's comes Love up Island. so much in cultural, this show. Cultural things. That yeah, yeah, yeah. We're beginning to, for the first time, see a shift in a show at Love Island where we're beginning to respect and find it interesting when men start to show emotion. Like yeah. Curtis last... I don't know when this will go out, but it's the bit where Curtis just cried because Amy left. Spoiler, Amy left. Amy left. And f- the reaction on social media was incredible because mm-hmm. we're seeing this vulnerability. And I think we're seeing that on mainstream TV probably for the first time that I can remember yep. in a reality sense. Yep. And we're empathising and people are going, actually, this is really cool. Like, good for you. Yeah. And so that's my point about how society is changing, how men are changing. Yeah. Is like, I do think it's encouraging. And it's, I guess it's a, shows like that, I think, are a double-edged sword because... And I do actually want to talk to you about the media uh, in a wider sense. Oh, the media. The good old media. Love the media. Um, Please but, don't talk too much because I do have a mortgage. And yeah, I- and you need to keep that job. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think some someone like Love Island, for example, has been accused. And I'm not saying it is a good or bad thing in society. I'm just saying that when you look at it... Um, what would you what would you say about it? If I if I had to pick... Yeah, oh, if it was me and you having trolls, a beer, what would it? I would say that situations like you've just described, where we see um, genuine 
guy to guy emotion and interaction and them expressing their feelings can never be a bad thing. I think the wider purview of the Love Island brand has done more to entrench um, gender stereotypes and heterosexual stereotypes. Totally and right. yeah. So I think that on, on the whole, I'm not sure that it's, um, I, I don't think it's like fixing anything no. just because somebody cried on TV. But I, I do think that, yeah, you're right. I'm not sure if that would have gone out in season one. I'm not sure if they would have led with that, you know, exactly. when they were chopping it up in the mix. I totally agree with you. But from what we, from the point of view of toxic masculinity, what we're talking about this morning, I, it's, it's getting there. Completely. But I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much the only positive thing to come out of it. And the thing is that, um, so my wife doesn't watch it because she just thinks it's drivel. I love it. <laughs> like, I absolutely love Love Island. Like, I just can't get enough of it. I want to watch it every morning. It's my morning routine. I watch the previous night's you episode watched, yeah. with my coffee and my breakfast. <laughs> and I find it so entertaining. And that's essentially what it's supposed to do is entertain. Absolutely. Despite the fact that I'm making this podcast yep. and kind of getting up in my box about toxic masculinity <laughs> well, exactly, and stuff. Exactly, that's the best thing about it. Um, it is just providing this constant source of entertainment. But I think where, where that kind of takes me next is yeah. I didn't learn my um, male stereotypes and toxic masculinity in society. I didn't learn that at home, you know. I, I had a, a great role model as a father in that sense, um, which means that I was trying to work out where you get it from. And I guess you just get it from magazines and you get it from colleagues and you get it from teachers. And, yeah, James Bond. Yeah, James Bond. You get yeah. it from all over the shop. I love James Bond. I feel like I really just lagged off. I really like James Bond. No. I'm just, it's just a quite Why'd a good way. Why do you hate way. Daniel Craig? I know. <laughs> I know, what a great guy. I'd have worked on, yeah, I just, it's a really good example of just something we all can know. You know what, go, it's the, actually. It's the evolution of a saga like that, which um, is a reflection of society. And even just things like he used to smoke and doesn't anymore. It's exactly. It's the, not culturally appropriate or cool anymore for him to smoke and drink loads and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. Nor is it really appropriate for him to be seen in the movies to sleep with like four girls um, in the space of two hours. Yeah, he's become know? much more monogamous as time's yeah, gone totally. on. Yeah, Um but that, I guess, and, and the flip side of that is, although it's changed societally in that sense, there now is more of an obligation for James Bond to be shredded. <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. Like you, Sean Connery on the beach back uh, in the 60s or whatever. And his, the rug hair, the hair. Yeah, the totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's changed massively as well in terms of what we see men to be. Well, and Love Island, again, is, is a pretty good example of that. Yeah. I mean, you, the, the, they boy, those boys are in some shape. And it's bloody good shape. Yeah, bloody good shape. But it's it's exactly it's what that's what you know a man is that what a man should be is that what yeah yeah like you know I remember having a, I had a real argument with an ex once because she sort of said I really like manly men I was like what does that mean she's yeah. like well I like my men's be men what does like, that mean what, do, what does that mean like I'm a bloke you know yeah. we've all got the, the right bits that mean we're you know it's an XY podcast yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's have why the we're here. <laughs> but like that was an interesting point you know I would encourage people that if you're listening to this to think if you've ever said that or you've received that feedback i get it a lot like you're not like a manly guy but like but what, what because why yeah and i think that's interesting and i don't have the answer to that did you try to change yourself after that I, when i was younger for sure like i got yeah. into rugby i liked rugby but I, you know you do those things as a kid because you think that's what makes you blo- a bloke mm-hmm. a man that you know i mm-hmm. tried ale terrible idea <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> i'll have a corona please at, at the absolute max can i have a soul yeah <laughs> Of lime in the chocolate. Get a gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think that's a really interesting kind of way of if you sort of struggle with what talks to masculinity is, or you think it's a weird expression, which it is, if you just sort of say, What does it take to be a man, or what yeah. does that mean to you? That's a good starting point. Yeah, totally. And I think that it's an it's a pretty all encompassing term. It applies to so much. Yeah, exactly. You like know? you talk about the physical side of like the you know, the body image side of things. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a thing. Uh, emotional stuff is a thing. Where can you remember when you started to um, collect an idea of what a man was? 
Yeah, uh, oh, that's a good question. God, you're good at this. Um, I'll probably a little bit like you. I think we. Yeah. Well, that's almost the problem with this is that it's a generational thing. So if we keep getting this passed down, that's when it will become a thing. If yeah. we start talking about it, then we can change it, right? Yeah. So I think probably for my for my dad, the same as most guys would, and I think that came from probably sport. Yeah. I think sport's a big part. I don't know enough about sport, or it's not my passion point to talk yeah. about it, but Ditto. it informs a lot of masculine culture. Yeah. Oh, completely. Like And you know, stuff like stag do's, mm-hmm. and this kind of, this idea about bringing, I've just been on one, you, you bringing all these blokes together and doing bloke things. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Pints and but, yeah. all that shit. You drink down this pint, yeah, and yeah. otherwise you're not cool. Yeah, take your clothes off and run down the street naked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But what if, okay. But, so that's interesting. This kind of stag stag group culture of being a bloke which yeah. I, I'm not against I, I had the best time ever yeah 100%. my best friends get married on Friday I'm the best man but congrats yeah thanks that's really exciting um, yeah so but it's interesting yeah somewhere from childhood then somewhere from childhood I think sport has a big part of it I think also like a fit like I was never I don't know this might be interesting I never thought about like this I wasn't physically the biggest kid yeah so I think that also plays a part I think yeah, if yeah. you're physically not as Maybe that's interesting. I didn't think about that. No, totally. I think if you're, if you, I guess if you get to a kind of sentient age, and I'm going to guess that's like 12, 13, and you're already playing football and you're quite like athletic Sports, and popular yeah, at school. girls like you at school. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, you're the tallest. Remember when you were a kid being tall oh was like God. the thing? Who's the tallest in your class? That's all you wanted to be. Or how many TVs does your dad have? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, being tall was like the thing. It's that like, was oh the God, thing to do. He, he, Sam, he's tall. Um, but he's probably, now probably still where he's, you know, it's always those people. Yeah, that are yeah, still, yeah, yeah. That that's exactly it. But I think if you if you get to that kind of um, early adolescent age and you're already like playing football and doing all of the culturally normal in quotation mark things that <laughs> that men do and, and yeah. that boys do, then you probably don't challenge it. Because why would you challenge the system that actually totally suits you at that age? Exactly. Whereas if you're a bit like me and what it sounds like you a bit like I was into singing, I was into drama. Didn't yeah. go down that hot in a school of two hundred <laughs> no. people on the west coast of Scotland. It's about the same. When I was like, I want to sing Rent here. Um, <laughs> I, that was that. No, that wasn't. <laughs> It's not gonna. It's probably Great musical, not gonna but it's not really what you want to be doing at age eleven. Yeah, totally. Skinny white boy in. So you end of, up like quite sorry. a. You end up like quite a young man who's um, questioning things that he probably doesn't actually have the societal awareness or intellect to really fathom. Absolutely. So you start challenging it a lot earlier on, I think. And that's why doing this is great because it because this wasn't around when we were. This wasn't a thing that was yeah. spoken about that I was aware of. No. Whereas now I feel like. That is the great thing. On the flip side of social media, I was sort of slagging off it before. The great thing about these yeah. new forms of media yeah, is yeah. that it allows us to do this and to have a chat. And yeah. if one person listens and goes, oh, that's me. I I don't really like that stuff. Then it's okay. It, it works out just fine. Well, that's it, isn't it? And actually, I think but I've learned, I was terrible with girls for years. I arguably still am <laughs> single at 29. But um, I was always terrible with girls. And I think it was because I, it was a big part of me didn't really know how to I was worried that they'd judge me for being too feminine but what I've yeah. learned over the years is that actually if you can get in touch with those emotions in my experience it's quite an attractive quality from yeah. the opposite sex because yeah. it makes you aware of who you are which people seem to like it's vulnerability Vulner- yeah so I think if you can show vulnerability and I would encourage people to do so yeah um it can work out in all aspects of life in work completely across the board yeah in relationships I mean you're you're married I'm Indeed. sure there's been ele- you've had to show vulnerability to get to that and- point if you if you talking about being vulnerable, if you ask anyone that was at my wedding, did you cry? I cried. Did I cry? Did I cry? It's a flood. The entire way through my vows, it yeah. took me about five attempts to say I do. Yeah, I was just like straight through it. 
the entire speech, and I really count myself as quite the orator. Oh, right? oh mate, I'd agree. I count myself as a really great pitcher when it comes to like winning clients when I was at agency sides. Oh, yeah, you had a pretty good job before. Yeah, right? I yeah. love big presentations with like big dogs from the company. I loved the opportunity to perform in a professional or like music or acting, whatever. So I'd spent so long writing the perfect wedding speech and I think there was three words that anybody <laughs> caught out of it. I cried for 10 minutes that, straight. This is my worry. I've got, so I'm, I'm, this is very off topic. We can probably cut about. But on, on Friday, I'm a best man and the, I think I'm only the best man because I talk for a living. So I think he was like, oh, he, let's just let him do it because it'll be all right. But the, I'm, I've never been more nervous. Like obviously, I, you know, I've spoken yeah, to stressful. literally millions of people on a weekly basis. There's about 20 people in Ibiza on Friday. I'm shitting my pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so scared Ibiza wedding though sounds fun yeah it should be quite fun yeah, good. yeah I'm staying on for a bit as well so if you're in Ibiza <laughs> come, come on out yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah so sorry I, that was very off topic Not at but all. I to bring it back to um to this I think it's great that we're even having this chat because this wasn't something that was there when I was yeah. 13, 14 and yeah I was definitely I think it starts from sports physical stature yeah the, the, the just the things that you associate with being a man if you think about what that would mean that, you know it's it's watching football it's drinking pints and that's not a bad thing at all no it's fun it's really fun yeah but that's probably where a lot of like masculine culture stems from totally and like yeah lad culture and i guess i've got this thing because like the media gets such a raw deal in terms of it's um it's to blame for perpetuating these kind of things mm. but um my wife reads a certain newspaper app that i won't know <laughs> um Is it the one that 300 million people also read yeah totally really oh, yeah, yeah. high grade stuff we know the one yeah. the sidebar of shame the sidebar of shame which i featured on at wimbledon because i was i was very <laughs> drunk so <laughs> so you've been on the sidebar of shame <laughs> quite a few times shame. yeah why i just you don't realize how many people read that magazine that newspaper everybody literally everyone okay well here's the crux of the question then because who who's who's really responsible for the narrative in terms of the zeitgeist mm. of the media you know is it so interesting the publisher for creating the content which perpetuates big muscles on men and drinking pints and laddie culture and football yeah or is it us as consumers because we get the content that we deserve a bit you know uh, yeah, well yeah and it w- if they, they wouldn't put it out if there wasn't a market for it no um so i think it's a bit of both um what i would say about media in general is as much as there are huge negatives there are huge positives and I think oh, so, completely. social media, social media, even stuff like that. Like I said, what we're I doing founded now. a media company. You, know? you, like, you literally set up a media yeah. company. <laughs> you, so you're the biggest advocate of yeah. media. Media's great, gang. But having a forum, having a forum to chat like this is one of the really great things about media that didn't exist previously. Yeah. But then on the flip side, traditional media like the mm-hmm online. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we the love mm-hmm. you, Rupert Murdoch. You're great. Um, Top. Yeah, it's not well. Where does it start from? Probably us as consumers and i would include myself within that because i also read that app yep i can't not Mm -hmm. because i work in this world and sadly i need to know what justin bieber had for breakfast because who doesn't yeah um to tell the people on the radio (laughs) um but i think if we weren't going like my mum's the worst she'll text me like about my mates and go did you know that like my friend lila did you know lila was at wimbledon yesterday i was like yeah mum but she's my mate and she's seen it on that's how she gets information yeah so if that's your information source, then that you're to blame because that's where you go, and they're to blame for providing you with what you see. So it's quite circular. I feel like that, and yeah. but I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. Where does it stop? I Will think, it stop? Probably I think there's not. um. I think there's like an elitist element to it, which I cut myself in as well before yeah. I before I start having a go at the, the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I'm not about to like fly the flag of revolution here. Um, but normally, when I, did I bring talk, a flag with him, yeah, I did wonder why. Shut up. <laughs> 
Um, normally when I talk about big societal issues, yeah. um, whether it's politics or whether it's mental health or whether it's, um, I don't know, relationships or just, you know, that meaty stuff that you, you kind of set the world to rights. Yeah. Right. Like now. Yeah, exactly. Like right now, I normally do it in a scenario that's over a bottle of wine in my garden <laughs> with so my beagle. And this is the point is that normally I can, and I think we all to a degree can silo off, um, elements of our life where it's totally fine for me to read the Daily Mail because I'm inherently a good person who does care about positive change in society. Yeah. So you don't really think that the two are... It's like Im- carbon emissions. You offset them. You go, it's fine. I'm going to fly to LA because I've... I Because I drink oat milk, Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. But, and that's the... Well, that's the problem. Yeah. For us all. Completely. But I think I... Well, why I would be quite interested to, to come back to the kind of the sort of masculinity side. A lot of people say like, why are you interested in it? Why does it matter? Yeah. And the reason this is this is deep. We're getting in now, let's and do I don't apologise for that because this is this is what needs to happen. No, let's do it. You are, as a bloke, aged twenty to forty nine, more likely to die from suicide mm-hmm. than cancer, heart disease, or a road accident. Yep. eighty four people in the UK, blokes, take mm-hmm. their lives each week. Eighty four a week. That's a lot. It's a lot of people, and I, I knew not... the stat that it was the biggest killer. But actually, when you eighty-four people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you remember this morning. Uh, there was that thing. ITV did that thing on the roof where they had people. That was great. Really cool, like visual representation of. I actually, have a bit, you can't see because it it's a podcast, but there's a picture. For of anyone me. who didn't see it, they put these statues yeah. of silhouettes of men standing on the edge of a building. It was yes. really impactful. Which to, to demonstrate how many people. Yeah. Do, and I'm sorry to bring this zone down. We will resume lulls soon, um, but. <laughs> This is why this isn't. This episode is important. Yeah, and because and that's my argument. A bit, I think a big part of why so many people do that is because they feel isolated because of masculine beliefs. Yeah, and societal changes and how they're not dealing with them. Yeah, and that's why I think having a dialogue is important. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my thing yeah. about men because a lot of people go, "It's just bullshit." Like you know, it's another, it's another stupid journalist word that people have thrown out into the into the media to try and generate some scaremongering. It's not at all. It's real life. Yeah. And I think that's what we forget. And there's actually people, the, the impact is the most extreme impact. Yeah. And you, but you don't think about it because we think about cancer and we think about heart disease and, you know, uh, poor people that get stabbed in London yeah. weekly. You don't think about people that take their own lives. No. And I would argue a large, I'm not saying they're all like this, but I think a lot of it is because we feel we don't know how to deal with our feelings. Like Love yeah. Island, again, with Mike, the guy was catast- was thrown into this huge amount of fame. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine fortune, yep. and it just tailed off. And how on earth are you supposed to deal with that? I can't remember what the figure was, but um, it was something. And this figure is not correct, but it was something like in the four hundred days after the series aired, mm. he did like three hundred and seventy appearances, like at clubs and yeah, at PAs, PAs, yeah, which are huge financial. I mean, it's ten, fifteen grand a pot, isn't it? But the pressure for someone who previously was an ordinary bloke, yeah, exactly. then he disappears from society because yeah. you're in there alone. You know, you don't know what's getting said about you, all the rest of it. And then you come out and then all of a sudden you've got like an agent, a manager, a publicist. Yep. You've got brands knocking at your door. You've got um, girls, guys in your DMs. Like you become something <laughs> overnight, yeah. which you, you may be asked for. And that's maybe why you went on the show, but you didn't know what you were asking for. Totally. I I totally agree and it's it's how you deal with that but it's not uh, but that's an extreme level but it can be you know dave in the pub can mm-hmm. be doing can have be having the same feelings on a smaller scale yeah. like if you know i don't know what's going on but that's my point and that's why i really think that we have to challenge slightly the masculine beliefs and not put so much pressure on ourselves as men yeah because i feel like there's a lot in the in the media at the moment about women and that is brilliant and like couldn't be more for it but let's also not forget yeah. about about blokes 
who do, and I think the point that you made there about Dave in the pub, whoever Dave is. Yeah, we love Dave. Um, we love Dave. Um, a lot of the reason he probably doesn't talk about his problem is that, um, and I think guys tell themselves this a lot, they think that their problem is uh, not worth sharing exactly. or it's embarrassing or whatever. Totally. Um, but actually, just just get it out. Yeah, and it, it takes someone like, you know, you and I that are a bit better at putting things out to yeah. kind of trigger that. And I think if, if they go, oh, they're, they're talking about, you know, I talk very openly about like ex relationships. I use relationships as a good example because it's one thing we can all relate to, right? We've all been in love or yeah. hopefully been in love. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I am married to it. Be yeah, yeah, I was going to say, spoiler. Is that why you're crying <laughs> at the wedding? So much? Yeah. I love her. Don't want to do it. Uh, but that's a great way of illustrating um, that kind of vulnerability that I think you can show on any level, whether you're yeah. you know, an A list celebrity or you're Dave in the pub. Yeah. Just have, just saying something that I promise will make you feel better. Completely. And it, and, you know that the suicide is the extreme outcome but i think it's important to remember that as to that's why we're having it's not for the sake of this conversation yeah. i'm not we're not here because we just want to chat it's it's important yeah it's yeah we yeah, want to chat as well but. yeah we wanted to catch up and <laughs> chat but also it's worth yeah remembering that that we're here for a reason and the reason i started this show was um because i wanted i wanted guys to feel like they could talk more and hopefully mm. the more they hear other men talk the more that they'll feel comfortable talking themselves i hope so that's yeah. i think that's a really that's what's great about what you're doing yeah. and I know you were a whole series about it so gosh I'm excited well we could sit here and stroke me all day but, um, <laughs> I, I guess being... the, there's another area that I want to talk about which is yeah. a little bit more personal to you yeah, and your um, your industry for me is kind of um, put, as my a pre- head, put my headphones on it's getting serious yeah tuned in welcome now. back to Pierce Morgan's Life Stories <laughs> welcome back <laughs> to Desert Island <laughs> yeah. I'm Kirsty <laughs> Well, she's Scottish, That's, so... Yeah, you'd be terrible if you yeah, yeah. What luxury item, would you? <laughs> um, yeah. I've been planning that for a while. That's because you really wanted to do that. Yeah, I really you? wanted... to for it so well. God, if I could get on Desert Island Desk, that's the career made. Hey, that's you know? gold, isn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely I the can't best help. Is that If that's why you've got me here, I can't help you, so I shall leave now. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> Come back next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I wanted to ask, I guess, as a presenter, yeah. model, yeah. kind of social man about town, all that kind of stuff... <laughs> Um, I really, I feel like your profession is essentially taking all of the internal bugbears and anxieties and pressures and aesthetic and all that kind of stuff that normal people deal with in their day-to-day life. And then it puts it on speed because you're proactively putting yourself into an industry where your face and voice and what you look like is at the forefront of your brand. Mate, absolutely. I am, as a human, the, this is not the industry for me. I'm not built for it. (laughs) Like I'm a cancerian. Um, that's really vague but I've, I'm quite an emotional person I worry about things I cling on to things and in yeah. a world where you're I mean like <laughs> I told you this, how I got into this at the start and I made it seem great you you get yeah, you reje- made coffees and yeah, then you I went coffees and, and, and I got what I to eat that easy but I the rejection level even now I, if I looked at my phone there'd be two emails being like you're not you're not getting something right or, and that's very real so yeah. I think firstly if I, I if I had kids I would really caution them against getting into presenting acting music model whatever yeah because it's really fucking brutal yeah it's brilliant and the, the highs i'm sure dave can attest to you over there the highs are high and the lows are really shit right um how do you deal with that I, it was really hard crying a lot yeah. um which is good what really helped me is having mates that didn't come from this world because actually to have mates that take the piss out of you because you were 16 and you fell over it reminds you that it doesn't really matter like no one yeah it doesn't, no one's yeah, died yeah. like you, literally yeah. you, literally um you are just talking and there's always going to be someone better looking 
better at what they do than you are and you just have to accept that yeah and things may go your way sometimes and sometimes don't but i the thing i found really hard to do was switch off from being like james stewart you know the presenter <laughs> model actor to just james yeah and i found that really hard to do like i couldn't i was swapping between the two yeah and i was always on okay and it's that was really difficult because it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, so when did that change? When did you have the, the wake up moment that you needed to... An, an ex-girlfriend said to me, they were like, you're not like, who, we, I don't know who you are. And that really resonated because I was like, fuck, neither do I. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when this sort of, the kind of emotional fuck, stuff... Fuck, that's a lot. Yeah, that's I heavy, don't know yeah. who you are. And she was just like, and she was completely, she was like, she was younger than me and she completely hit the nail on the head because I completely lost sense of like, I was just living life through a lens of like what I thought I should be. Yeah. And I was, you, you know what it's like in this world. You meet people that want to be mates with you for the, yeah. for not always the right yeah, reasons yeah. and all that. And you have I'm, industry mates, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. And that's probably part of it. I wasn't talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. And actually I think having, like I said, having mates that, work like my mate's a policeman talking to him about stuff and he's like well someone literally died today yeah and you go oh actually it's not so bad what i'm doing my job at the magic factory is like <laughs> selling <laughs> magic beans and, <laughs> yeah. you know. so i think that really helped but it, i think a big part of what helped me a lot in kind of perspective coming, was a big yeah, thing for you perspective and coming back to just getting in touch with why i got into this and remembering that i'm really lucky to be doing it yeah and like a sense of reality because you do get lost in it and you mm-hmm. always i'm always someone that wants the next thing i never i'm not very good at being present Nope, I get that. Because you can't, because you feel like if you take your foot off that accelerator, yeah. you've lost it. Coasting is yeah, I would never almost take time. sudden death Exa- in terms of the world of celebrity and hey, publicity. Mate, yeah. yeah, that's people's livelihoods. Exactly. And you almost don't take time off. I was uh, talking to a singer about this, a well-known singer, and he was saying the same thing. It's the second you take some time off, mm-hmm. you feel like everything's going to crash down. And that's, a, imagine that. Yeah. People, you know, it, Even if it's not the feeling that you're then getting beat out of the charts or whatever. Exactly. Is, yeah. So upsetting. it's um it's a it's a strange kind of conveyor belt. I I definitely deal with it better now and like because I'm I just try and think about it in in perspective like you said. Yeah. But it's um yeah, it's a great industry. <laughs> I don't know if I haven't put anyone off doing no, it. No, totally. But it's really it was it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I, but and I think that's important as well is that we're really obsessed with qualifying things um, yes. as a as a species. I think guys are really bad at feeling they need to qualify everything. Like they'll say, oh, I'm feeling kind of shit about this, but it's fine though. It's like, whatever, you know, I'm fine. It's, exactly. It's, fine. it's what it is. Love yeah, totally. yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, but even just with you there, like you should be allowed to talk about the struggle that you've had without it necessarily meaning you hate your job, whatever. Like you yeah, love what you do. I but love what I do. I'm just saying that. Yeah. It's just a part of it. Yeah. And I, but in the, in the, in that world and like people like DM me and stuff on Instagram and everyone wants to, to do it. And I would encourage that. But just be aware that it's not like on, on my Instagram, you, if you went on my Instagram now, you'd be like, he's fucking killing it. But <laughs> yeah, you would. But, but I, you know, you don't sort of think about the, the, you know, the kind of shit bits, which, which there are. And I think it's just, it's just important to know that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it'll be all right though. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But that's the other thing. You have to just have this, the, the best and the worst thing about this job, I'm sure you can attest to, is because you don't know what's going to happen each day. It's quite exciting. Because each day you could just get a call that changes your life yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. And I like that. Some mm-hmm. people just aren't built for it. No. And I think you need to practice a lot of mindfulness, whether you are proactively practicing mindfulness and using headspace or whatever. Oh, which, that. I don't do that. So as a side note, I heard recently that headspace is going to start being prescribed by doctors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think it makes sense in a lot of ways, whether it's the I headspace app sense. or meditation. Yeah. Getting comfortable with um getting comfortable with the idea of new age practices and, and remedies. It's good. Yeah, it's good. We shout out to my, I work at Global, who own Heart and Capital and LBC and Radio X. We, um, and so does Dave, our amazing facilitator today. Um, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. No trouble. 
we have they now make that um they give us free access to that every month which is pretty cool That's not awesome. for freelancers <laughs> no, never heard of this. but on staff um so like companies I'm using it as an example like a companies are no that's a fantastic a thing that's pretty yeah, cool yeah. They, they tell us in a company meeting then we're not freelancers I'm freelancers so sadly it doesn't affect me but st- the vast majority of people are staff there and I yeah. think that's pretty cool to have access because you had to pay like 10 quid a month yeah. or something well if you're going to give a company um, employee a gym membership why not to exercise them- their body yes. giving them something to exercise their mind and that makes more than good sense that's a great that's, I like that it's a good expression yeah totally exercise your mind not just your body and it ties back to the whole stigma if an athlete broke his leg yeah. there's no stigma with that you know there's no um, shame in that whereas if an athlete came out and said he was suffering from really bad panic attacks before he went on the pitch <laughs> yeah. probably wouldn't want to do that because he would think it made him feel weak well, Zane Malik's a really good example of this love he, Zane he loves Zane he speaks very highly of you um, he, but he ne- he's never performed live because of these stage fright issues I yeah. remember being at a Capital Summertime Ball once mm-hmm. and he was literally about to come out and didn't and it it's interesting because it just it you are no one is immune no. from from mental health no and I th- I feel like more and more so people are coming out and talking about it. it's brilliant that's I didn't know that about Zane I knew that he yeah. um, I knew that he'd had his issues with anxiety and stuff and didn't I didn't love being in the public eye but I, I had no idea it was that um, yeah yeah I, well as far as I'm aware he's not performed I've never certainly seen him I've perform at a live gig him. now that I think about it I've never seen him live has anyone ever seen Zane perform live and that's really sad because he's a fucking talented guy yeah super talented um. And you can still express that, obviously, through audio. But, like, I mean, music is supposed to be a live experience. Yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. And I also use... Um, I was reading about Kit Harrington recently. Okay. Um, because I don't know if you saw that he was... You were saying... We, it's similar to the kind of Mike... I can't say his last name. Mm-hmm. Thalafetus, I think. Yeah. Um, Kit Harrington was rumoured to be involved in this... Uh, he checked himself into a mental health clinic. because okay. he was Didn't know that. But he basically... And it's interesting because it affects everyone. And it goes back to what we were saying about how fame can impact on you and media and all that. You've got a guy that just wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Signed up for a pilot. Yeah. Didn't really expect it to happen. Yeah. It becomes the biggest TV show that's ever been seen. Yeah. How the fuck do you deal with that? And he he maybe struggled a little bit with it. Didn't do very well. That's really sad because obviously there wasn't like a, I don't know, I feel kind of bad for the guy because he never signed up for that. And I hear that from a lot of um, big actors, whether it's um, on other podcasts or interviews or whatever. The real biggies that you just love, the big household names who keep their nose clean in terms of the press and all that kind of stuff. They often say that they just love to act. You know, like I just, I showed up to be an actor. Yeah. And because I was great at what I did, I became huge. But I I really hate the press junkets and all that. You think about like the Meryl Streep's and the... um Oh, she's just one example, but they, that's true. The best example of someone, the best that, example scale, of yeah. someone that just is not asked about yeah. any of this media stuff, but, but continues just loves to her knock craft. it out. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's like with him, but he's a really good, like relevant recent example of someone, why we have to have these conversations. And I think we can do a lot better. And I guess actually when you, when you gave that example, just to kind of check something in myself, when you said that, I was like, oh shit, he's probably not going to do it anymore then. When in actual fact after everything that we've just spoken about, surely it's, well, no, like he needs some help and yeah. he's getting some help. Yeah, and then the he right might thing. come back and be like, right, I'm ready to make another movie. It doesn't mean that he's saying I'm done being an actor or totally. famous. He's just, you know, he's doing, that's good that he's checked yeah. himself in. If he needs that help, that's a positive step that he's taken. Totally. You know? And that is, and it's a pitfall of fame is that it, we live in a society now where reality TV, everyone wants, we think everyone wants to be famous, but I think that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's important to remember that because, people sometimes just want to do it because they love it yeah absolutely you know what i'm going to take away from this um interview actually is 
if I told you I was going to the hospital with mm. a broken leg, you wouldn't think that's so sad that he's got to go to the hospital. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't think about the broken leg. You're just thinking it's sad that I've checked myself into a hospital. Yeah. And the same would apply if I told you I was going to see um, a therapist. You think, oh, fuck, it's so yeah, bad. He's, he's fucked. He's got to go to a therapist. He's like, that's so therapist. sad. Whereas you wouldn't actually look at that. Oh, good. Like, that's good that it's getting dealt with. You know? And that's what we want to, that's exactly what we should take away. Absolutely. It's positive that you're doing, making changes. If you're making that, taking those steps, you're doing something well. Fantastic. Listening to this is doing something well. I hope it does something for someone. Every episode of this I've recorded has actually made me feel more like well-rounded as a human being. Do you know what I'm taking away from this? What's that? Just the fact that you spoke three words at your wedding and cried for the rest of it. I mean, there's a video of it, which I can show you off there. Please show me that. Yeah. All right. But you're going to think the audio quality is shit. That's not shit audio. <laughs> That's just me crying. Yeah, yeah, that, there's just an can overture. We play that, can we play that in at the end of this? Yeah, we, we could maybe drop okay, that in. We'll, we'll have a conversation. It's like a little, <laughs> a little bit. Um, thanks for having me, mate. Just and before this, you go. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just before just you before go. Just before I go. A uh, question that I ask everyone at the end of every episode. Oh, yeah. Which is becoming called Cliche Corner. Ooh, nice. What, would you, what advice would you give to your younger self? Life is not a dress rehearsal. Ooh. That's good, isn't it? Quick answer. Oof. I didn't, I didn't brief you I on was that. on a date last, no, you didn't. I was on a date last night and, um. We were talking about that. It was kind of our, what we bonded over. And uh, I just, that's why it's fresh in the mind. Life is not a dress rehearsal. My dad always says it to me. Cause like when I, I am, um, my mum was very ill when I was younger. She had okay. breast cancer. And um sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It was really sad. And um okay now. Yeah. She, yeah. It's a nice story. Fabulous. Yeah, I, that's a horrible way to start it. Cause you go, Oh my God, what happened? But she, uh, 10 years, uh, they say 10 years after is like the time it's most likely to come back. And then you're out of remission. So she's out of remission. I was 16 at the time. Da, 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 da. Anyway. Because of that, I w- I, it made me sort of realise you can't have regret. Well, right. I didn't want to live a life with regret. Yeah. So a big part of why I chose this career is because I didn't want to look back and go, I wish I'd tried something. Yeah. And that's why I don't think life can be a dress rehearsal because you only really get one shot. Yeah. So if... Do it or don't. Yeah, I'm making a dating show based on going up to people in real life because I think we've all been in a situation where we've seen someone we fancy. We don't do anything. We go home and go, fuck, I wish I'd done that. Yeah. And that's how I met this girl last night. I went up to her and I was like, I want to get your number. Not because I'm arrogant, just because I was like, I think you're really beautiful and I would hate to not try. Yeah, you just wanted to take your shot. Yeah, yeah so life isn't a dress rehearsal. Do try something. Because what's literally what's the worst that's going to happen? Bruv. There you go. Love it. Thanks Good so much one, for right? joining me, man. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to listen back. On that note, see you later. James, thanks so much. Thank you, mate. Woo! You've been listening to James Stewart on XY with me, Ewan Plater. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, not just to this episode, but for the first series of XY. And as I say, we'll be back later in the year with more episodes. Until then, thank you and good night.